0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Was Report. My name is Alex Chennery. I will be one of your hosting team today. Joining me as ever is Mr. Rob Sutton. Rob, how you doing? Yes,
1: yeah, and I'm glad the cut's over if I'm being
0: honest. Yeah, so am I. Three weeks is a little bit too long, um, I must admit. Yeah, you know, I I would just do away with it in its entirety. And yeah, just the first two weeks though were quite nice because I um Oh, the RFU chief quit. When did that happen?
1: About an hour ago.
0: Oh, that's good. Good news for uh, good news for professional rugby. Breaking news on the podcast. (laughs) A little bit late. I have been working really hard today, so um, yeah, it was a it it was a strange. It's been a strange month, really. If I am being totally honest with everyone, Um, I, I don't quite really know. What to think about a lot of the, uh, I don't know, a lot of the goings on, shall we say, of the last few weeks, which is why we're going to talk very little about the cup games um, and look ahead, because I think this is where we start to, to see a little turn um, coming around, and and we, we hopefully we start to see a little bit of a pickup in form over the next few weeks. Um, we obviously have the, the Northampton game to talk about which is tomorrow I believe Saturday Saturday yes Saturday tomorrow one o'clock kickoff. oh fun the England game. Um, a new signing to talk about um, who is devilishly devilishly handsome um, not that you're jealous not at all and he, he's Italian he's good at rugby he's like me but Italian um, and and we will be giving out top 5 favourite players of all time not not necessarily our top 5 best players but our top 5 favourite players of all time um, so we will have a little bit of a trip down memory lane we stupidly haven't talked about who we're going to pick beforehand so um, <laughs> if you we're going to try and avoid any any duplicates but they may come around um, I, I haven't even put a list together, I'm going to be doing it completely on the fly so it has a chance to get weird as later on Um, but to start off with new signing in the door um, he's good looking he plays centre he's Italian he's an international um, Michele Campagnaro good signing good signing yeah I think
1: one one way often to judge new signing is is how the fans of the club the players leaving react and the sort of outpouring of disappointment from Exeter fans that they're losing him I know he's not played much but he made a real impact there in the brief time he did play so I think we've got a good one there
0: yeah I mean he's a good sign Um it's nice to have him on board it'd be I'm a little bit worried though because he, he does have a history of injuries and the given the current state of our squad I'm not sure we should be yeah I know it's a it's a not bottom of the barrel it's the wrong word. It's an opportunistic sign-in because we needed to replace Christian. Um, but I'm a little bit worried because, as I say, he has been injury-prone the last couple of years. And what we don't need is more people injured.
1: Mm. Well, also the fact he's on international duty at the moment anyway, so...
0: Yeah, there is that as well. Um, <sighs> yeah, I mean... I, he's a good signing I think he'll be exciting I think he will be. It could be a really really good figure um, the last time we signed an, an Italian international back as sort of semi-injury cover semi filling a hole um, he turned into a, a cult hero at Wasps and, and someone that we all we, we fondly know and remember so yeah I think it's um, yeah it's a useful signing and I I think he'll he'll be good to have around. He's, he's depth and knees as a centre that isn't Gabby. So, <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be more than the end of the season. This one.
0: Well, I mean, he yeah, you know, he obviously he's he's got a to deal to the end of the season with us, but he has you know we have the opportunity to try and extend him. We got the first rights to try and extend him. So. Yeah, if he plays well then they'll certainly have a go I'm sure
1: mm-hmm.
0: Um. and they're lucky in Exeter we're going to be the, the one club who's um, who's seen him you know they'll see him in practice they'll they'll know what he can do and, and whether he can contribute which is why I think it, it's it's a good it's a smart signing from Die in that that sense because yeah you're not telling me that he went to Exeter to be released, without knowing that there was some interest from our side. There was obviously, yeah, yeah obviously something going on there, um, yeah. and I'm sure with agents. And obviously the club didn't talk to him directly because clubs can't do that. But agents talk to agents, who talk to representatives, who talk to different people. You know, player moves are, are ratified a lot, almost always before the the first of January period opens or before they're out of their their current contract so i, I think it's one that we're, we're looking at as, as a potential to come in um i think it all but confirms that elliot is going to be a back three player and i think that all but confirms that Vili larue is off at the end of the year
1: yeah i think it looks pretty certain now that villi's going to be off um which is a shame, but I do believe he's out of contract anyway at the end of this season. So, yeah, he is. He mate, is. Yeah. So the club really probably might not have had much choice in it.
0: No, and I think from from what I've heard from people, and not a lot of this has really been reported because of all the other news going on. I say news in giving my uh, my own sort of quotation marks with my fingers in the air because uh, to anyone who's trained in finance, the the um, Accounts weren't really news. We, kind of, what was expected, and not really anything to particularly worry about. Um, obviously, it's not not perfect. We'd like the club to be profitable, but yeah, it's nothing. It, it, it shouldn't be blown out of proportion in the way that certain publications have blown it out of proportion. Um, but I I quite like the idea that we can maybe move some of the money around with Villy going maybe we don't target a big Southern Hemisphere name to replace him I know Fekatoa has been mentioned um, but it would be nice to have Lima and one other as our sort of two marquee names and then maybe bring in some, some good young talent around them to try and build a, a culture build a squad that can that can actually stick around for a few years I think that's been the, the sort of the biggest the biggest issues we've had come in in this this way of building a squad where people only stick around for two years is that you're, it's like a constant revolving door, and I think that's why we we see such a mishmash of, of styles at times and why things don't seem to click because the players aren't there long enough for them to to click.
1: I did, I, I looked into this over oh, 40 players have come and gone since WASS moved to Coventry just in four years so it's virtually 10 in 10 out every season
0: yeah uh, it's it's not ideal it's not what we want um, but I think what we're starting to see now are players coming through the academy um, and as much as we get caned by one certain individual on Twitter for it um, well for pretty much anything that he can spin as bad news um yeah you you see some of the talent that is coming through you look at Will Stewart you look at the way the other prop west played when he was on the pitch in the premier rugby cup you look at the way Tom Willis has played and see he's starting tomorrow against Northampton we'll get we'll get on a little bit more onto that later um you see the way Owen James has played when he's been given a chance Will Porter looks a really good prospect at 9 we've got this wave coming through now and i think that will hopefully mean that we don't get to um, we don't have to sign loads of players in and out every season Um, and hopefully those academy boys coming through if they can be real contributors on their current deals means we can have a bigger squad and when we have so many players out like this we've got quality options coming through and challenging for those shirts right Beer pause, hang on. What a great sound on a Friday night, eh? Um What? It's it's part like of the it. brand. It's for the brand. Um
1: I like
0: it. I, I I wonder a little bit about the fit with Campagnaro, I think he's he's more of an out and out thirteen than than sort of anything else um, I must admit I haven't done a huge amount of reading into sort of where he's played previously and, and but just sort of uh, the knowledge I have in the back of my mind he, he seems um, from from watching him play a few times for Italy seems to fit the 13 role a bit more um, than than he would do playing necessarily at 12 he's got a good attacking threat and he fits in well with us in that way um, but I'm just not sure that he's um, yeah, a, a 12 which seems to be the hole because they don't seem to be going with Booge, I don't know if Booge has got a knocker or something but it, they don't seem to, or Dyer hasn't started him this week where I, I think this week he would be starting because he's the best 12 we've got and Gabby who's starting at 12 has done nothing but bad things in the last few weeks last few months even um, obviously, I've sort of transitioned us onto the game, so we will we will talk about it a little bit now. I just I don't get it. Yeah, and I'll probably yeah, be no. proved wrong, and I'll be over the moon if I'm proved wrong because it means that Gabby's played well, and that probably means we win the game. So
1: yeah, Booge was one of the few positives he could take out the Bristol match last week. Uh, I thought he made a really impact when yeah. he came on. I guess the one thing—I mean, I think Gabby's strong in defence. You can definitely say that about him.
0: But it's just, there's so the the rhythm just isn't there when we attack with him in the team, especially at twelve.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure he's a twelve. Uh, but then, um, but then, um, I don't think I don't think deyong's a twelve either.
0: No, I think Booge is Bouch is the twelve for me. He's yeah. he's that player, that inside centre. Yeah, I've, I've compared him to Will Greenwood multiple times, and that's a big, big compliment coming from me, as you'll find out later on. Um, yeah, it's, it's a huge compliment coming from me. I've, he's a fantastic player. He could be, he could be dynamite next to Lima. And you need the chance to play together. Mm. Um, but I'm sure. I trust Die. I still trust Die. I will always trust Die. Um, and I think, yeah, maybe something goes right. He sees a lot more than I do of these players, so you yeah, I'm I'm hoping I'm proved wrong. Yeah, I think. I like, mean, if, yeah. if you look at if you look at
1: the, the way way has gone though, definitely think he helps Lima around as well. Which is which I think he needs. I think Lima needs better players around him. At the moment, just while he settles in, you see those moments of quality, but a bit few and far between. I think, I think we're relying on him too much, too soon.
0: To I think so sense. because you, you look at you look at his moments of quality, and you look at who they've come with. The majority of them have come with Josh Bassett, who's in fantastic form, mm. you know, or with Elliot, or with with one. Yeah, and those players are in really good form, so you'd expect them. Yeah, you can tell that they're very good players. That's why he, he's working well with them already.
1: Yeah.
0: I do just think that uh we need to just stay in the hunt for the next month or so until until Dan comes back after Christmas. That's gonna be the big return for me because we it's night and day the difference between how we play with and without him. Mm. Um yeah, it is bordering on the levels of, of difference that you see with Fafter Clerk and Sale at the minute.
1: Yeah, I mean I thought Simpson played well against Bath in the Champions Cup game, but uh obviously called himself in glory in the two cup games I saw.
0: I think I think Joe has played really well. But I'm not sure if it's a tactical thing or what what it is, but we seem to be so much more varied with Dan at nine. We kick far too often. At least over the past three weeks. We've box kicked far, far too often. And it's often meaningless. And often... um, Not... It, it, It puts us under pressure. Because it gives the opposition the ball back in our half. Either a line out to them. Or the ball in the hands of their players. And I just don't... You don't see it from top teams at the minute. You don't see top teams box kicking... Unless they're in their twenty-two and they're pinned down and you can't go back to the ten. Teams just don't kick it anymore, they keep hold of it, but we can't keep hold of it. So it's 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 kind of a snowball effect where our inaccuracies are putting our nine under pressure, and that because so much when Dan's in the team, and Joe can do it as well when he's playing nine, so much comes from the nine in this system, so much attacking threat comes from the nine so much of the leadership and the and the, the game management comes from the nine but when they're under pressure we don't play well so we need to be able to keep hold of the ball better stop dropping it stop giving away penalties support our runners and then take some of the pressure off our nines and then that will allow and free up Lima to do his thing free up the backs to do their thing as long as they're not dropping the ball and that you know it, you can often in a game plan it's really hard to point to one position and say he's playing crap usually unless you know, there are there are sometimes that you can do that you can say oh he keeps dropping the ball or he keeps missing tackles or I mean like properly missing tackles where the runner is straight at him and then makes a break through the player not missing a tackle but slowing him down enough so someone else can make a tackle. Um, Yeah, you can... Often it is a a team or it's a group that don't play well um, in in rugby and it snowballs and it affects the rest of the team. So I think people that were criticising the way Lima played at the weekend yeah, he wasn't fantastic out there doing everything but there's only so much he can do when he gets a shit platform and the rest of his players keep dropping the ball or there's no go forward on the ball there's no players getting over the game line or or just the tactics are wrong Ian Casello basically said after the game
1: in the interview it's like um, well we didn't tell him to go out and drop the ball however many times it was in the second half so you know, you, can, you can pin the blame on one person two people as much as you like if you make like 15 handling errors I think they're made in the second half yeah the weather wasn't great but the weather wasn't great in the England New Zealand game that was still an excellent game yeah. so you know it's just it's one of those things, confidence is a massive thing in sport and I feel I've said it all season but it just doesn't seem to be there And it, 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 you feel they need this weekend to me feels if we could scrap one out sort of fall over the line in a game it might kick kick us
0: on yeah I mean I, looking at the Saints side I think it would be a real I, I would be really worried if we didn't win this weekend
1: yeah I mean it's not it's not a million miles off the side that rocked up in the cup against us at the Rico which says a lot about the state of their injuries at the moment
0: yeah I mean it's two teams bedevilled by injury and I think we've got the stronger squad so we should be looking to win the game um, mm. I'd be really no, worried the, I'd be really the, worried the, if we didn't
1: Burrell's back on the bench I believe for them he's not played for a few weeks so
0: yeah we'll Naya is a good player on the wing um, I mean, yeah. he hasn't set the world alight yet but he's a, he's a good player nonetheless
1: Paul, Paul Grayson's son looks a decent prospect as well
0: yeah but I just I just hope that we find a way of getting under his skin and Joe Simpson is one of the best nines at getting under people's skin he's really actually really quite good at it um, I do I do wonder if we can get under his skin if we've got the back rowers to do it in this team Um, obviously Thomas Young can probably do it but this is and uh, this is exactly the kind of game where I would just want to have guy Thompson wearing six or eight and just set him loose and tell him to just make Grayson's life a living hell and I'm not sure we've got that Nugget and uh, Martin Williams' his nickname Nugget is the best nickname I've ever seen because I don't know if there's anyone who's done it better than him at just being yeah. a nasty bastard at times on the pitch and just yeah. Nugget in a way and, and really causing the opposition problems and I, you know, Thomas Young's great he's fantastic at seven he gets all over the park he's he creates great jackal turnovers he he carries really well I don't think I'd call him a nugget though mm, um nuggety type player he's if anything he's a flashy seven and that's fantastic because that's what you want from your seven yeah. um Tom Willis is a great carrier and I think he offers us a real dynamism um with with ball in hand and that could be really dangerous if we can get flow in our game mm,
1: yeah. I was a little surprised
0: that Ross Neal wasn't involved I've been quite impressed with him the last two weeks yeah I think I think you you can't really drop De Jong on current form Um, no I mean I'd have I'd have Booge in there at 12 over over Gabby but everyone knows that from my tweet today Um, I think Ross has been a, a bit unlucky in that that's one area where we don't have we're not down to the bare bones, as it were. We have some quality players still are, still available, um, but he's a good player. I like him. I th- I thought he, he came ac- came across really really well in that game, and he's only he's only young, I think. Um, I don't think he's that old.
1: 21, 22 I think.
0: Uh, I thought it was slightly older than that. I thought it was maybe twenty three. Um, I'm trying to. But I'm just problem. trying to. I'm just trying to look it up. I must admit. <laughs> um, br- 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 no, not he hasn't got a Wikipedia page. All right, if you're a professional, 93, oh, ninety-three, two years older than me. So twenty-five. All oh,
1: right. He looks
0: younger than that. No, that's <laughs> no, that's Michele Campagnaro. Why is that's it? That's good then. Yeah, he's. I thought he was older than that. Um, I will. No, I will. Uh, I will endeavour to find his age. Sorry, Ross. Get yourself a Wikipedia page set up. Makes it a lot easier because then you pop up on Google. A C. Um, <laughs> yeah, the. Uh, oh,
1: I will say this so. though. Um,
0: oh, he. His page defaults to Campagnaro. <laughs> that's, that's classic wasps. That
1: is. Oh, it? brilliant! Brilliant. Just a quick one. Is Tommy Taylor injured? I'm not he sure. He's, he's obviously not, not on the bench, is he?
0: Um, no. I like TJ Harris though. Proper yeah, quality player. I thought he did really well against Saris in that semi final when he came on. Uh, I've not heard, not seen anything did Tommy Taylor go off didn't he or did he come on like had, he
1: had a, it came on against Bristol
0: right I, uh, I'm not sure there's nothing written about it that I can see Um. oh no sideline through concussion just seen it oh
1: uh, right um, no, that's two each up this
0: season same it's as go on
1: yeah, I was because they had a nature tale
0: of nature earlier in the season as well, so that's not great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he looks and plays a bit like Thor on the pitch. Um, <laughs> just throws himself about. I love him. I think he's a cracking player. Um, we we'll do a little bit on uh, why why I think Wasps will probably win this game, um, and and most of that comes because I just think you look at the two teams next to one another and there is there is more quality in this WASP team than there is in the saints team um and because saints don't publish their team as a picture they publish it as a gif which is really (laughs) really fucking annoying because the little play symbol covers up half the names and I can't play the gif because then the sound any sound associated with it which I think there is will play out the speakers where I'm trying to record a podcast so Northampton if anyone's listening right sort yourselves out sort yourselves out alright um rant over almost almost um I just uh, Pierce Francis has got something to prove but um I'm not sure if I'm really that worried about him um in truth, you know Dingwall, uh, decent player. Not again. There's Corbus Ryanax good at nine, and he can he can cause some damage. But I just I look at that team and I just think there's no real dynamism in the forwards that scares me. And I think it's it's a very Northampton of the last few years kind of side. Yeah. and going to Franklin's Gardens and winning isn't as big a task as it once was for this club so I think you know I just but I just think we'll, we'll it, get it done
1: I would hope so as well I think Franklin's Gardens it's a bit like Welford Road it's lost its fear factor for away teams um, and it have won there the last three seasons it was very comfortable last season um, 38-22 they should have won by more, so I'm reasonably confident going into it. I mean, I don't think the cup game two weeks ago will have much bearing on it. But Was should have won that game. So, as I said earlier, I just think they need to fall over the line in a game and uh, and just hope it kickstarts something this season. I feel I've been saying that for about five weeks.
0: Well, <laughs> no, it is ever since that Gloucester game we seem to just stop dead in that gloucester game and before that game we were we were so optimistic we were sitting there saying yes the game we really should win yeah yeah but you, you know, they're too
1: good away win- actually they're three from three away from home in the prem this season yeah they've got to say the one they've got i reckon going to newcastle and what winning will look a really good result by the end of the season is that they're, they're not going to finish 12th the way they've sort of turned their season around in europe um so you know think four away wins from four that was almost unheard of not
0: that long ago yeah we're we're basically becoming the spurs of the Aviva Premiership
1: yeah we can't
0: win at home yeah put the pressure on yeah that's true that's true Um, and having
1: having been at Wembley last night is a better pitch as well
0: yeah that's not hard is it you know no I, I just hope we see a spark from Someone in this game, just something, or maybe not one thing, maybe sort of two or three things that are just fabulous bits of play, like the chip last week from Lima. But I want to see two or three of them in a game again. Yeah, you know, let's go out, let's let's score four tries, yeah, let's 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 fall over the line, but let's fall over the line thirty-eight. 35 (laughs) again because if we're going to come third or fourth and splutter up there I'd I'd much prefer to do it scoring five tries a game and conceding five tries a game than Mm -hmm. scoring two and conceding two Mm I I just think at times there are I, I just want that back again that live and die by the the attacking style back again and that needs confidence as you say confidence is huge in sport yeah and hopefully they can just get enough of the game and, and, and enough flow in attack to to get some confidence in there I do think we've got the 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 chance to see it with Thomas young and Jack Willis starting in the back row there are so many dynamic ball carriers in this team now that we can if, if the offloading game works and if people get in the right position and, and the ball sticks to hands and we don't kick it away too much we can really cause some problems mm. Um,
1: mm. I mean they're, too, they're not too disastrous games to have Northampton away Bristol home
0: no because especially next week as well when we we'll, we may get some players back from I think um, Zizi's back next week yeah the Ita- Campagnaro might be back next week as well
1: no they've got the Kiwis on the 24th
0: have they Ah, oh, fair yeah. enough um, that's annoying um, so we, we you know we should still beat Bristol um, but as we saw in the cup there's no push over there they're a well coached team hmm. um, but yes I, I think I think WOS win this weekend I just I, I can't bring myself to say otherwise (laughs) I uh, really just want some spark back again that's the hope anyway
1: yeah
0: not on BT are we this week there's no Saturday games on BT
1: no they've got Gloucester Leicester tonight and then whoever's playing on Sunday might be Bristol Somebody on Sunday
0: Solid. I'm looking forward to sitting and watching Gloucester Leicester tonight, I must admit. Uh, yeah, I do and, like the uh, Friday night rugby. I've
1: got two games on the feet tonight with Quince at home to the Falcons as well. Wow, um, nice. Uh, nice. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a big weekend actually. A lot of teams will be wanting to whip in to sort of improve after slow start because a lot of the league is sort of uh, 3 and 3 after six games.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it's up for grabs. really is. And I think I'm not as confident now as I was before the Europeans and the, the um, Prem Cup on our ability to make the top four. I think we'll still do it. I still think we'll do it. But it's going to be a, a bum fight, I think.
1: Hmm. I, I still think Wasps and Gloucester are probably the front runners, but yeah, I Your think there, you, you want to count out.
0: We we just need to keep in touch until the end of January when we get players coming back. Uh, Jack Willis sounds like he could be back uh, towards the end of January. Joe's back when Dan's back when these players come in and then they really give a boost to this squad. I think we can be really dangerous. Hmm.
1: Uh, Leicester, a fifth. How did
0: that happen? Yeah, well, you know. That's what two wins. That's what a couple of wins does for you, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Score prediction for this weekend, or, or like a, a winning margin prediction for this game? Uh, I
1: think Wasps take it by seven.
0: Yeah, I think it will be be something similar to that as well. Um, wasps by by that sort of margin. Uh, I just... I can't see... I think it'll be a scrappy game.
1: Yeah, I think so too.
0: Um, and I just... You've got to hope in in, your, in the scrappy games that having Lima at 10 pulls you over the line against someone like James Grayson. Mm. Um, but yes, we will cut the talk of Northampton there and move on to our final part of the podcast for this episode I know I was about to say this week and that would be uh, very bad <laughs> of me because we haven't been weekly uh, this will happen during the Prem Cup games um, because it's nice for me to to have a break, it's nice for Rob to have a break obviously Rob's working for Quinns I'm writing a lot for, for sites on the college football season and, and other things and in the run up to the NFL draft you can catch me on my twitter account to see all of those pieces um obviously rob's got his multiple accounts because um like any good theory uh like any good wasp fan he wouldn't talk about wasps on uh sorry quinn's on his wasps twitter account um which
1: i tried to and got shot down so i was like no no i'm gonna change
0: yeah i mean i'm not totally behind it at the minute i can't i, I can't say that i'm uh I've have even thought about forgiving you, um, but one day maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe one day you'll redeem yourself. Um, yeah, are you coming on a European away trip now? Now that is that is a uh, straight straight redemption there, um, but obviously that has never happened before. On that, I've had a couple of people contact me when we get info from wasps on what we're doing in Toulouse we will set it all out get it all out there and plan something and, and work out what we're gonna do basically um, but we don't quite know yet what what's going on um, I am talking to the club we are sorting stuff out you'll see it from us and I will be in the bar that wasps choose for most of the weekend Um, at least Friday evening and Saturday before and after the game Um, yeah because I'm flying home Sunday so it's going to be a messy one Um, (laughs) it always is it always is Um, top 5 favourite rugby players of all time Um, I'm just going to give a little bit of a disclosure here I'm going to get some names wrong on this list. (laughs) Just be prepared, and to anyone whose names that I uh, I get wrong, I apologise in advance. Rob, let's go five to one.
1: oh I've not done an order. I mean, oh uh, fair enough.
0: Just say it out there then.
1: I'll sling them out in any order. So, uh, do you want all five at once? Should we do no, that?
0: No, no, we'll go one, one, and one On each. Yeah.
1: All right, I'll, I'll, I'll kick off with, uh, with with sort of one of the reasons I got so into rugby. He kicked the drop goal, Johnny Wilkinson.
0: Yeah, I can see that. I mean, early, early Johnny was was very good to watch.
1: Uh two thousand and two, Johnny. Yeah.
0: No, I mean, he scored that try against New Zealand the, the chip over the defence and yeah. gather it himself under the post was, was fabulous And he won us a World Cup can't argue with that yeah. 15,
1: 15 years next week makes me feel old
0: yeah it makes me feel old as well because I remember I actually remember that one um, you know uh, he's a fantastic man and a fantastic yeah. player and, and he was good to watch at times that The other one that... The other memory I always have of him is that tackle against Ireland. It's in 2003, in the Six Nations, a grand slam decider. Yeah. Dennis Hickey runs at him. And he... He hits Hickey so hard. Takes him up, turns him sideways, and just puts him on the floor. He doesn't drive him into the floor. He holds him and puts him down. It's it's almost like what gave the... uh, Gave world rugby the idea for the laws now, because that's what you have to do to get away with picking someone up and not getting a not getting a card. Um, great player, uh, really really good for me. Um, my number five, and I, I must admit, I've, I've seen, I saw him play live once, and I wish I'd been alive to see him play live uh, more times, and and I wish he was, he had, he'd had a lot, he had had a longer career and a longer life and that's Jonah Lomu yeah. um, I was very young obviously, when he was in his pomp and watching the way he just changed the game and barrelled over defenders and was just a, a mixture of pace and power and ability that hadn't been seen before on on the world stage and I think he was just lightning in a bottle when the ball went to him in a game. Just made the, the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. Yeah. Because you knew something special could come of it.
1: Yeah, I never I never saw him in his pomp, but you can you can get him from the YouTube clips and uh, having chatted to people who I I know someone who was at the ninety five World Cup was there that day for the try against England. Just phenomenal
0: apparently a really nice guy as well played against Wasps when he was playing for the Cardiff Blues yes he did yes um, <sighs> he was a shadow of his peak self by then um, but to be fair to come back to playing after having the operations he had in his kidneys was some feat as well mm, mm. Um, anyway rope number four
1: uh, number four for me uh, another member of that 2003 England team uh, Jason Robinson loved the guy uh, when he played both for uh, England and Sale um, very few players I've seen the the, the, the crowds so you, you can feel the buzz in the stadium Christian Wade was one of them every time they got the ball and Robinson was the first one I saw live who did that
0: yeah yeah he was special yeah if anyone uh, hasn't read his book it's called Finding My Feet um his autobiography and it is possibly the best it's up it's in my top five sports books of all time um let alone it's probably the best rugby book i've ever read up there with, with jason leonard's in terms of just stories that he has to tell um of his upbringing and then his ability on the rugby field was was incredible um you know uh, an amazing player and and what he did that you know the, the try he scored was obviously so important in that world cup final and the role he played throughout that world cup was, was very important he, he popped up at some big moments for England in that tournament
1: mm. and he was crucial the year Sale won the premiership as well
0: yep yes he certainly was now I'm going to steal one who I imagine is probably on, on Rob's list my first ever favourite player Um, just because of his bleach blonde hair absolutely massive figure and incredible smile Uh, two ton himself Mr Trevor Leota Uh, I didn't have
1: him sorry Trevor
0: (laughs) there was a moment when at Adams Park we had a penalty five metres out from the try line and I can't remember who was playing Scrum Half it might have been Iron Redden it might have been someone earlier Um, probably Howley might might have been Howley Howley. might Might have been Matt Dawson Um, oh shit sorry Matt Dawson the name is banned (laughs) so from this podcast so I I, you know two strikes against me Um, they tapped the ball and they gave it to Trevor Leota, and he just ran straight and the defenders piled on top of him, and you just saw this mass of—I think it was Gloucester—it was against. I'm almost certain it was just this mass of red and white moving towards <laughs> the try line. They sort of met halfway and pushed backwards, piled all in on top of one another. And then, as they're all getting up, the referee's waiting to see if he scored or not. You just see Trev at the bottom ball over the line under one arm <laughs> smiling his face off <laughs> one of the, the greatest tries at, at the time I thought it was brilliant um, it was just, uh, just a, a fabulous man and, and every, anyone I know who's met him say he's a fantastic individual
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, there'd be moments when he couldn't throw into the line out or something else would go wrong or anything but there was nothing quite like the the excitement it's a different kind of excitement to watching Wade or Robinson play but the excitement when Jason uh, when uh, Trev had the ball or or was past the ball when he was coming at pace at the defence was something to behold really really was uh, top man and a top player that was my my second well not second favourite one of my favourites yeah your third Mr Sutton
1: Third choice, uh, this is this is my, my first Wasp player of the list, uh, and it's uh, the guy who almost single-handedly saved the club from relegation, 2012, Tom Vandell. Uh, well, I looked up his stats, right, he got 74 tries for Wasps in 132 games. That is not a bad strike rate. Right? Great player, yeah. lovely man, and uh, yeah, it's a shame that uh, it's I fear his career sort of petering out which is a shame
0: yeah it, it is because he, he deserves throughout his whole career he deserved more respect than he got um,
1: four England caps
0: yeah you know, I, I, there are always question marks about his defence um, but in terms of a, a finisher there have been few better and I think it mm. it's disrespectful the way he isn't talked about in that conversation when when top finishers are mentioned yeah uh, but yeah, electric think... at times to watch absolutely electric and he really yeah. cared anyone who, who who saw in that season you watch him on the on the wing in games and he really cared about this club he really wanted us to stay up he willed it to the point where uh, he was so crucial in mm-hmm. keeping us in the division
1: I remember the um, the the following season. I think it was. It may have been the season after when uh, him and Christian Wade sort of went toe to toe for the top try score and ended up dead level. And uh, I think they were responsible for eighty percent of the tries that season.
0: Yeah, really, really good player to watch. Right, hang on, I need to look up the name to see if I can. Uh, <laughs> um, Right, now then. One of, if not my favourite wingers to watch, played for an incredible, incredible Blues team. And his try against France in the 2003 World Cup was absolutely incredible. And he ran like a bullet, he stepped in ways that I've never seen a human step um, I think I know where
1: you're going with this you're never going to get this
0: name right <laughs> so I'm going to use his oh, the name that the commentators called him at the time Rupeni <laughs> um which is the shortened version of his of his name a, a fabulous player to watch just the, mm. the body control he had in that, especially in that back line for the Blues with Tanner Imunga and Carlos Spencer Leon McDonald all these fabulous names of, of players what a player he was to watch That he's a, he's, he's the original and, and probably the only one where you you really lit up every single time he touched the ball yeah yeah and I I think he was possibly the, the greatest attacking player of all time
1: certainly one of the best tries in World
0: Cup history yeah I mean he also had a similar um, late career trajectory to Fat Ronaldo in that he moved to Europe and and gained loads of weight and is sort of lost by the players that came after him where I think you know peak peak cow-cow in, in today's rugby would tear teams apart Yeah, but he wouldn't get picked because his defence wasn't very good oh, I don't know he's a big lad you know he was a big boy at times. <laughs> um, but just an incredible player to watch and uh, I'll tweet his name out because I can copy and paste it from Google um, <laughs> if you want to watch clips of him just nuts nutty nutty good player and fourth one for you Rob I'm
1: going to apologise because I'm going to pick an Australian
0: Um, so I'm going to pick a jock in a minute
1: alright when I first started playing rugby I was a scrum half and the player I always looked up to was George Gregan and uh, just I don't think there's been a better scrum half reading the game the guy was three steps ahead of everybody at times and uh, he he was unlucky to be on the losing side in 2003 'Cause he was really at his peak then.
0: See, I I do agree, he was he was a fantastic player and most of the time he was three steps ahead of everyone. Apart from the time when he picked the ball up from the bottom of a ruck, or it might have been the bottom of a scrum, actually. Ran down the blind side straight into Mike Tyndall, who picked him up off the floor Walked over to the sidelines <laughs> and placed him down <laughs> like a small child. He was fantastic to watch. He was he was ahead of his time in the way he ran the game from nine in that Australia team. Um, a lot of people talk about it as very French, but I think Australia two thousand and three is sort of the best example of a of a playmaking nine really having an impact on the game. Um, you know, Stephen Larkin was was a good player, but he wasn't. He wasn't the, the controller of that team. It came from Gregan and it came from Elton Flatley at 12 or 13, wherever he was playing. And uh, I, I I really like, I, I do agree, I, I really liked watching him play at times.
1: And he's actually he's turning into quite a decent administrator as well, which is good to see. Yeah, well,
0: yeah, we need some. R- um, makes a
1: change.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we, we do need some. I'm actually, I, I'm changing my list on the fly all the time. Um, I'm gonna choose. Oh, actually, I'm gonna go to England first. I'm gonna go with Will Greenwood first. Um, the the I love my my sort of favourite one of my favourite sports documentaries is obviously living Living with Lions, um, the '97 Lions Tour documentary, and in that game in that series, Will Greenwood obviously suffered a very scary injury um, playing for the Lions against South Africa but before that game he'd come from relative unknowns a a bit strong I think but but a player who wasn't expected to feature in test team as such Um, it was a a real surprise when he when he forced his way in with the performances that he put in and from then really a star was born um, for England because he, he became such a key component of that England side that won the World Cup in 2003 his his um, contributions are often understated because of how good Wilkinson was and how much of a, uh, a hero Wilkinson was with that drop kick and how much of a talisman he was for that England team but without Greenwood outside of him he, he couldn't do as much and he wouldn't be able to do as much as he did for that England side. Mm. And there are two two contributions in the group stages of that World Cup. The game against Samoa where England were really struggling, Wilkinson was really off colour, and Greenwood really rallied the troops and and got England home after having done so against South Africa in the group stage game in what is one of the single greatest individual performances in a rugby match he scored charged uh, he, he latched onto the end of a charge now to score the the decisive try he was excellent in attack and defense all day from the center position and just an outstanding performance one of those performances where you 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 look at it and it was one where we really started to believe we could win a world cup because there were two games where England hadn't played well... And they'd been pulled through by this behemoth effort... From someone who wasn't necessarily viewed... As one of the real key components of the squad at the time... But he was so important to that team... And such a good player to watch... So, such a good all-rounder in that team... And I, I think that you know, if, you're, if you're looking at playing 12 in the modern game you could do a lot worse than watch some some Will Greenwood film
1: love that try against South Africa yeah lit up what was quite an uneventful game
0: (laughs) yeah I can't think who the commentator was I think it was an Aussie commentating on the game at least it definitely I think it was for the the DVD of that World Cup and um, his commentary of the try is really good as well and uh, definitely worth watching That I think the DVD I'm almost certain the DVD's on YouTube um, so definitely worth reliving England's triumphant World Cup your final name Rob Mr Wasps Lawrence Bruno Delaglio my favourite rugby player of all time uh, just
1: I mean yeah I, I, I feel I've said it all about Delaglio on previous podcasts that so we've done this sort of stuff before but I love the man but I think he's a terrible pundit but I think a great player
0: yeah obviously his, his contribution to the club has been spoken about so many times by us on here the, the defining the image best,
1: the best referee I've ever seen as well
0: yeah oh 100% but for me the defining image of of Lawrence is whenever Wasps would concede a try, or they'd, they'd not be playing very well, they'd concede a try, and then everyone would be under the posts in a circle, no one charged down kicks because they were getting a seeing to from Delalio. In terms of a, a true leader, I don't think there has been one like him in English rugby even even Martin Johnson wasn't the leader that Delalio was
1: obviously worth was obviously with John Jono yeah. Delalio was, was first choice until the news of the world stuff came
0: out yeah, yeah. he should have been England captain in that world cup final yeah. and you know he still got to win it the the image of him bawling his eyes out of the anthem he was Mr. Wasps and Mr. England and a fantastic player as well. Yeah, yeah the, pic, the There's some amazing pictures in the uh, the
1: book they did for the 150th anniversary of the club of Delia, sort of in training. There's a, There's there's one of him delivering a team talk before the Toulouse match, that so you can just see the passion in the man's eyes. And there's obviously there's some great ones from the, his last game, the final against Leicester. Just, I uh, I've never seen a player get as pumped from East. he still looks pumped on the touchline
0: now when you see him around the ground on a match day there are times where I think I wish he was still playing oh 100% there are times where we could have used his leadership we really could have done
1: yeah. that, that game against Leinster before kickoff. I mean he was he, I, he, I should have got him in to do the team talk
0: yeah 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 right oh there are so many different ways I could go <laughs> with this and I'm sort of I'm, I'm certainly thinking there there are, there are about 20 different players I could name there are players who I sit and, and watch on YouTube and things from before I was born um, but obviously I haven't seen them play live so it would be a little bit of a, of a cheat to, to say that but I think I, I, I'm going to go back to... My, my favourite team to watch of all time... Non-Wasps... Was that Blues team in... In 2003... 4... 5... With all the stars... With... One man... Running the show... He was... In terms of an attacking... Talent... On a rugby pitch in my opinion unmatched I don't think there's been anyone like him ever he you, you the best the best thing to highlight it is a few weeks ago World Rugby posted a clip of Bowdoin Barrett doing a pass between the legs in a game now Bowden's pass it comes in he, he flicks it through his legs it's looping out to Rico Iwani who has to still beat two men to score the try when King Carlos in the Rugby World Cup caught the ball flipped it between his legs and it went bullet straight to the point where Joe Rocofoco had to run onto the ball like a normal pass because this missed pass had gone past two players put Rocofoco around the corner and in to score in the corner it is just a magnificent bit of play he was a maestro, almost like conducting an orchestra rather than running a rugby team. A yeah. wonderful, wonderful player to watch. Definitely. If I was to, if I needed to sit and watch good attacking rugby, I would look up Carlos Spencer clips on on YouTube. He was that good to watch.
1: And yet, remarkably, he was relegated for the
0: Premiership. <laughs> yeah, that is true, and he played for I mean, one. Of-
1: I remember seeing him play at Adams Park once uh, and uh, he cut out four Wasps defenders with one pass
0: I just incredible an incredible, incredible player and uh, just, just a, and I, I love flashy rugby, I really do
1: what's he up to now? It's one of those players you never really hear much of
0: is he still going? I highly doubt it he must be in his 40s by now yeah. Yeah, you know, he's probably modelling for someone somewhere. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're doing st- stupid, crazy shit. Right, like, he's do- he's not a pundit and he's not a coach. He can't be. He's King Carlos. You know, very, uh, very good player to watch. One of my absolute favourites, and someone I hope hasn't isn't lost to the game. Um, yeah. I must admit. Anyway, we've we've gone nearly an hour, which is incredible considering how little we had to talk about um we're gonna throw some more top fives in i think um may not be quite as long as that because that went on for quite a while um but i hope you enjoyed it let us know uh, if you're you haven't turned off or fallen asleep yet um we are very grateful for you listening um and i hope anyone who is going to the game is very loud and enjoys it um they're a good good group of people. Um, well, nice enough, aren't they? Northampton fans. So you know, enjoy yourself, enjoy the game. Um we both think Ross will win. England will beat Japan, won't they? Yeah. Yeah, they've got to. They've got to. Yeah. Um,
1: and but obviously the game of the weekend is in Dublin, seven o'clock.
0: What, Ireland ladies against the USA? Yeah, that's the one. Spot on. Solid. The Wash Report has been an Alex Jenner in Media production for more information go to our website www.thewashreport.com